0: Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 90 today. So the way we're going to run it today is the same as usual. We're going to jump into a grammar point. Today we're going to talk about who or and slash with and just run through a few ex- cool example sentences on how to use that. And then I'm going to run through the comments and emails that we've got from you this week uh, and then some cool movies. Now, if anyone doesn't know what the movies are, uh, they are a big part of our course, the Mandarin Blueprint Method. And it's how we teach you characters. We guide you on building a rather complex structure of memory palaces built from people and places that you know and love. And then we teach you how to combine these with objects uh, and actions to remember every single piece of any Chinese character. Uh, and you can learn any Chinese character on average between you know, 10 and 30 seconds once you get good at the method, so it's really effective and it's really fun, uh, but it's a bit out there, you know, it's not anything that you would have really, uh, it's it's very unlikely you would have experienced anything like it before. So uh, go ahead and check that out if you want to listen towards the end of the podcast, we'll run into those. Um, So today I wanted to talk about uh, He, which is an interesting character because it can mean both and, and it can mean with. Now, I don't want to go into like, the, the detailed grammatical senses of is it a conjunction or a preposition or, as we like to call it, um, a relator or a connector, um, depending on the situation. I don't want to go into all that right now in this podcast. I just want to run through the basics and talk about some more advanced uh, usages such as with gun and 与, uh two other sort of similar characters that are very, very similar to hu uh, in their usage. Um, and if you want to, if if that's enough for you, that's great. Um, if you're, you know, but you can actually check out the description below, uh, the article, and you can delve deeper into the grammar of, uh, and you know, it's 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 role as a, relator slash, um, uh, or, or or a preposition or whatever. You can actually delve into that further if you like. But I don't want to do that on this podcast. I just want to go through the basics to, so we don't bore anyone that gets easily bored by grammar, which I think is a lot of people, right? So I um, just want to make sure that you guys grasp this, this method, this uh, not method, it's this concept of and, h uh, and then we can move on to the messages. So here we go. Uh, let's look at the example of h where it can be interpreted first as both and and with, depending on how you look at the sentence. So here's sentence one zawulam here it's and in terms of 我 and ardza so what um so you're saying me and my son in this context, but the way that's working is it's combining me and my son into one host or subject for the sentence so it's and in that in that context, but you could also say. You're saying, ma," So, in the morning, I'm going to come over with my son. Uh, so, it doesn't really matter either way. It serves a similar function. But it's just nice to note that it can be interpreted both ways. And, and, with. So, let's look at sentence two here. So, this one is a bit more obvious in its delineation between whether it's and or with. You can probably guess it's, it's with in this case. So, yào," I want, nǚ." With a beautiful woman, 在一起, together. Um, and as you can see again, when you get to longer sentences, more complex sentences, you start to see a very big difference in uh, word order, right? Compared to English. I want to be with a beautiful woman. I want with beautiful woman together. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to be 我想要, sorry, um, So that's a good one to learn. And of course, that is a good, not that you're supposed to learn these sentences. These sentences are purely part of the Mandarin Blueprint method. They are unlocked once you have learned all or very close to all the, of the words within the sentence. And then we present them to you uh, and you can start reviewing them as flashcards. And the goal of this is to have you gradually uh, acquire the grammatical, various grammatical functions and vocabulary and grammar within each sentence over time. Which is how we learn language, you know, through listening and through reading. And then, of course, you'll be able to acquire this very these various functions that you see, not just 和, but the other things like xiangyao and uh, 再一起 and stuff like that, the word placement. You'll naturally acquire it after enough reviews. Um, so yes, that's why we have the levels shown there below, just for people uh, on the course, you can have a look there and you can go to that level in your flashcards if you're already there and you can review this sentence if you like, um, if it hasn't already come up, that is. so. Uh, great, so let's look at sentence three. All right, so this one's quite a long one. Okay, so try and keep up with this. Um, let's go through it slowly first. What 我看见, I see. 你能用中文, you can use Chinese, 和中国人聊天, with Chinese people speak. Again, you've got that weird word order, so watch out for that. So it's basically saying, I saw, or it could also be I see, um, that you can talk to Chinese people in Chinese, or you can use Chinese to communicate with Chinese people, or to chat with Chinese people. That's what means. means. Let's try again. So... Uh, so yeah, it's a very long one. And again, this is another context of using 和 meaning with. 和中国人, with Chinese people,聊天。Just remember that you put the 和中国人 before the action, okay? before the 聊天。With you, do something. Instead of do something with you, it's just the opposite of English. Okay. Right, so that's from level 22, that's why it's obviously a more complex sentence. So by the time you get to level 22 in the Mandarin Blueprint Method, you can read and understand this sentence without any help, any pinyin or any translation whatsoever, uh, which is really exciting, as we've spoken about in many podcasts, and got lots of feedback from people on that. Now in Chinese, 和 is definitely the most common way of saying and or with in Chinese, but there's another one that's really common as well, and it's essentially interchangeable with 和 anytime you want. Except for one example situation, which I will go into in a sec, but that is gun. It essentially has exactly the same meaning. So let's look at this example sentence to uh, illustrate this. Um, he and I are friends. So you could say, "Wakunhasha He and I are friends. You could also say, "Wakhudhasha It's completely interchangeable. It's absolutely fine either one. Now, when do you use u? Because this always sort. Of, this one was a weird one for me because u has different. Uh, usages right and in terms of the, its usage as with or and it is essentially the same as her and gun except it's very formal relatively very very formal so that's why we're going to use this rather formal example sentence to illustrate it for you okay so have a look at this one <laughs> that's a long one isn't it so that is a very formal sentence and that is why it's not only using you because you is only used in written or spoken very formally uh, speech (laughs) and level 51 is where you'll find this particular sentence so that's way deep into the course the current expansion of you know the the covering over 4,000 words is 57 levels in total so this is almost towards the end of the course here Um, and by that point you'll be able to understand both hourly you'll be able to listen and understand and you'll be able to read this sentence Which will be very cool for you. Uh, So yeah, so you is exactly the same as gun and he in terms of its functionality in this context of and and with, but just very very formal. Okay. Uh, So that's it for the these sort of group of example sentences for gun and you. But there was one thing that I wanted to say earlier. Remember, I said that gun and he are exactly the same and can be interchangeable except for one situation. And it's this specific phrase coming up on screen right now. 跟我走,跟我走, 跟我走, or 跟他走, or whoever, right? So, gun um, can only be used as in follow. So, like, uh, the actual word for follow someone, or he's following me, 他跟着我, or 跟着我, like telling someone to follow you, 跟着, like follow me. Um, so, 跟我走, you can't say 和我走, you could only say 和我走 if you added 一起 on the end. 和我一起走. Okay? So, uh, and again, don't worry about the why is this. This seems complicated. This seems very nitpicky and and, and and specific. Hey, it's the language. You know, we didn't make it, unfortunately. But that's just how you would use it in that context. And if you read the sentences and review them enough... You won't have to ask why, you'll just naturally acquire it, just as you did in English. There are a lot of weird stuff, there's lots of weird stuff going on in English too, or at least it seems weird to the non-native speaker, but we just, we just say it and we, we understand it, right? So, don't worry about the why. Okay, so that is enough for today regarding example sentences for 和, 跟 and 语语. I hope that was clear for you. So uh, any questions at all, just get in touch at contact at mandarinblueprint.com or leave a comment below. We'll be happy to explain further or link you to something uh, of ours uh, or someone else's that can really illustrate the point for you. Uh, okay, so let's move on for now. The first comment we have this week is from Dan Helsloot uh, on new vocabulary unlocked for Wheeler. So this is a new vocab that you've learned the characters for wait and look. And therefore, you've unlocked this common word, uh, compound word, 为了, which means for, for the sake of, rather. So, the example sentence, uh, if I remember correctly, is uh, 为了我的事, because of my thing, the thing that I have going on, whatever that is. 他吃不下饭, 他吃不下饭。Okay, so um, gra- uh, Dan asked a really interesting question, which was. What's the grammar rule behind 吃不下饭? Why isn't it just 不吃饭? So, uh, why isn't it just didn't eat or wouldn't eat? Okay, so look at the two differences here. "吃不下". Now, if you remember, like, uh, compliments, um, uh, verbs and results, verb result compliments in Chinese, it's like 看不到。so the dao is like arriving. So I, I saw, but I 不到, I couldn't arrive there. The result could not be achieved. Um, and it's xia uh, as well. It's like, I can put it in my mouth, but I, it won't go down. I can't achieve the actual process of eating. Whereas um, you could also, you could say xia or dao, and that means you can do it, right? So that's the important part of this uh, grammatical function. Uh, so saying fan" means you literally can't eat. So because of the thing that she's got going on, which is obviously very serious and making him worried, um, you can, so he, he's so worried that he can't eat. He has no appetite. And even if he wanted to, he couldn't. Um, you could say this uh, 吃不下 if you're too full or if you find the food disgusting, if you feel sick. or uh, 我吃不下了 it's like, usually I say that to, I don't know, my mother-in-law, my wife or something, makes a delicious meal for me. I might say, oh, 我吃不下了, 我吃不下了, 我吃飽了, uh, I can't eat anymore, even if I wanted to. So it can be both positive and negative, I suppose. Um, but if you just said, or do that just means you're choosing for some reason or another, I'm not eating. Uh, you know, I've got to go, I've got an appointment or I'm, I've got no time or... Uh, for whatever reason, but it's a choice in that sense. It's not like, I I could eat, but I just can't right now. Do you see what I mean? Um, And then I was like, oh, well, that seems, you know, but then I understood that we actually had uh, the English translation, thanks to Dan's question. um, I actually didn't notice this originally, but we had, uh, the English translation was originally um, wouldn't eat. So because of my thing, he wouldn't eat. Um, But that's actually not quite right. It should be couldn't eat. Right, so wouldn't is like I'm making a choice. Couldn't is I can't. I'd have a choice. I just can't. Right. Um, so, uh, so that's, sorry about that, Dan. Yeah. So I could see why you're getting confused about that one. Actually, maybe ours, our our English translation wasn't perfect for that particular sentence. So sorry about that. Um, so, but great question. Uh, next one here is just a really simple one from TJ on um, failure to HSK six exam in one year. Uh, he just says, you guys are so awesome, so grateful to have discovered this program. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just really nice of you. Um, and speaking of the HSK, I heard from a very trusted resource that they're going to be expanding the levels from HSK 6 as the top level to HSK 9. That's what I've heard. I don't know if my friend was playing a joke on me, but I trust this person's uh, opinion. And he said that he's, you know, it's coming out. Uh, I don't know when, I, don't ask me about a timeline, but keep an eye out maybe do a bit of research I, ha- I haven't followed it up I just thought of it right now um but that'd be so that'd be cool wouldn't it like extend it by three levels I wonder how they could increase the difficulty I guess they could add a speaking portion which is quite hard to test um the writing portion would be like I mean if it's level nine you'd imagine it would be something like a writing um an essay or something like that, or quite a quite a long essay and um, the reading, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I, I, if that comes out, I'd definitely do uh, level nine Just see how I did. Um, that'd be quite interesting. Uh, and uh, yeah, so just thought I'd mention that. Go ahead and keep your ears open for that. The next one here is from uh, Dennis. He says, uh, this is just on a, a bonus level, a grammar lesson. Uh, he says, those comment mentions are really nice. Makes the whole thing feel very personal. Cheers, guys. You've done an amazing job. Still don't believe how lucky I am to stumble upon your course. Yeah, uh, we're not very well, you know, because we, we, we're fairly new as a company. So people, that's ten, that tends to be how people find us just through stumbling across us at this point. Um, but I'm glad you also, I'm also glad you stumbled across us, Dennis. And uh, yeah, what he's talking about there for anyone that doesn't know or isn't on the course. So this podcast that we're doing is primarily a customer service podcast. Uh, we are using it for uh, developing content for our course, which is f- for our members, um, and also to directly answer questions with video for um, for any people that are commenting on the course. We, obviously, we don't answer every comment with a, with a podcast because not every comment is interesting for the general public to hear or useful for our customers even. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what it is primarily. So every time someone comments on something and we find it... Um, you know either we 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 answer everything in text on the course um sometimes it takes us a couple of days because it's only two of us right but we answer every comment we get there's a direct question by email and and comment but some of them are interesting enough that or, or um some of them are just uh, are just intriguing enough or they they're they're talking about a piece of information that maybe we would want to add to the course itself that we want to put it in the podcast do a reply and maybe even cut that video up and put it in the course as actual content. We do that especially with the movies, um, which has been going incredibly well. There's been so many great movies that we've been getting from you guys that we've now, there's now like in phase three, Phil told me yesterday that there's only like three characters out of all the hundreds of characters from phase three of the course that originally we had no videos for. There's only three characters that don't have a video now for the movie. Isn't that great? And that's all because of the podcast and you guys' amazing uh, efforts and um, sending us all those great stories and helping out everyone out. So thanks for that uh, very much. So people find it very personal as well because they get a lot of these comments that they put in, they get personal responses and emails as well if you know people are okay with that. Um, and it's sort of a little personal touch of ours so I, I that I quite like. Um, and even you know when we get big and uh, we have many many thousands of customers and stuff i'd still like to maintain that um that's that, even if that has to be our full-time job i'd really you know it might be easier said than done but i'd really love to do that because it's a it's a great part of my week or uh, every two weeks okay so irene says on uh ong uh, pick a prop for all which means noon she says i must say that having studied mandarin characters for the last three years wow I was unable to remember the simple wu, which is this character, by the way, it means noon in Chinese, like shangwu uh, means morning, Wu means afternoon. Now that I have studied the Mandarin Blueprint Method, I will be reminded that at noon, whenever the church bell rings out loud at my childhood home in Kuala Lumpur, Winnie the Pooh will appear mysteriously to scare Snoopy. All right, so if you're not on the course, you have no idea what Irene is talking about, but um see that's that's sort of um, a reference to the mnemonic visualization technique the memory palace system that we have set up for you that we teach you uh we call it the hanzo movie method so thanks for that irene oh and she's also got another comment here um which is from a, a very a lesson very close to that and she says i can relate to every word you said about how you learned the chinese language this i think she's talking about me here because this is uh the rapid acquisition crash course this is a really nice little one hour course that phil and i originally made i think it's about it's coming on almost yeah like a year and a half ago now and it was to promote the course when we first launched it in january 2019 and we made these really we really put a lot into these videos you know we made like one hour's worth of content and it was the story uh, it started off with just my story Uh, personally about how I started learning Chinese and failing miserably and uh, all my mistakes that I made. Um, And then, you know, how Phil and I joined forces and started delving into linguistic research and how we began to start creating, fixing the problems that we saw with uh, language learning institutions and creating the Mandarin Blueprint Method and gradually improving it over several years. And now here we are. And it was, yeah, and it's, it's all just from the heart. And it, I think there's a lot of information in there as well. Go to our website, uh, mandrewbub.com, and you'll see either on the front page or you can check out the resources section, um, which is like a drop-down menu. I think you can go to resources, just click on resources, and you can go through to the Rapid Acquisition Crash Course. So just an hour, uh, very short video course um, for free. Um, and there's a lot of useful info in there. So this is a comment on that, uh, one of the lessons in there, I believe. Uh, and after, <laughs> and after all that diatribe, actually no, it's not. <laughs> it's nothing to do with that course. <laughs> it's actually in a bonus video in our main course. But anyway, do it's related. It, yeah, do check it out. Oh dear, oh, dear, I should I should read more before I start blabbing. But anyway, uh, Irene also says I second your comments, Julio. So I guess Julio said something nice. Uh, I'm so glad this is explained so well. So sh- this is a referring to the six types of Chinese character, uh, which is a really interesting. It's also a blog post series that we have. We're going to combine it into one big post, which we just break down, and we love doing this. It's one of my favorite things to do, is just take this really complex idea of Chinese characters and break it down to the smallest parts and then just lay it out. And uh, it really dispels this myth of how complicated it is. I think you can do that with any subject, can't you, if you understand it enough. Um, so I, I thought, let's lay out the six types of Chinese character. Here they are, done. And we do that with also compound words as well. There's seven types of compound vocabulary words in Chinese. Um, and we'd like to break those down. And we'll we'll do an updated post series on those at some point soon. Um, she says, I'm beginning to have a better understanding of how to remember Chinese characters. And it makes sense as I was all over the place trying to get to grips with it. I'm just glancing at these for now as the, an initial step towards learning more characters in the coming lessons. The text explanation is fantastic too. TQVM, I don't know what that means. Thank, oh thank you very much, I think. Nice one, thank you, thank you Irene. Yeah, uh, it's what we like to do and I think it's what we do best, is breaking things down from the complex to more simple and just and just laying it out gradually. So, brilliant. Uh, the next one here is from Raymond. Luke was saying that people with aphantasia Relate to non-visual hints, i.e., is like the mind's ear or the mind's touch rather than the mind's eye. So, if touch and sound work better for you than pictures, then imagine touching or hearing something instead of visualizing. Yes. So, aphantasia. So, I did mention again. This is the third time I'm mentioning actually, isn't it, in, in this podcast already? Which is we, uh, the Chinese character learning method, the hands and moving method, is based on visual mnemonics. Now, there is a very, very small percentage of the population that just cannot imagine visually things in their imagination in their mind's eye they don't have a mind's eye or there's a spectrum you know some people find it just they can just sort of just like there's a spectrum of vision you know there's people that are completely blind there's a see just black but there's also people that can see shapes and there's people that can't they can see pretty much everything except for color you know so there's people that um, there's a spectrum of aphantasia as well but you can always but and this is something that we thought was gonna be some huge hurdle for us. You know, how do we overcome? What do we do for these people? But actually, um, people that have this problem still have memory, but they rely, just like blind people do, they have actually a stronger sense of hearing, a stronger sense of touch, stronger other senses in their imagination. And they re- you can actually rely on those. So it's more like smell or olfactory memory. Uh, touching things, squeezing different objects and things like that, and sounds as well, rely much more heavily on those. Um, and uh, yeah, Raymond's got a great point. Um, and we've got a whole section on the course, uh, or at least a, a thread of comments all about that, and in the community as well, the forum. So if anyone uh, is, is sort of maybe on the fence about joining the method and trying it out because you might have problems visualizing, you can always overcome these, uh, hand, let's say, handicaps for now. Um, Yeah. So fantastic. Thank you, Raymond. Uh, Next one here is from Roger. And he says, I started dabbling in learning Mandarin in 2007, bought the Rosetta Stone course and really enjoyed learning the basics, learning what I consider to be a few good words and phrases. I then went on a business trip to Taiwan and tried to communicate a few simple words and no one had any clue what I was saying, which was pretty discouraging. Yeah, that's a common uh, uh, story, unfortunately, as well. Uh, Took it up again about six months ago and just completed the pronunciation course and I feel like I'm finally starting to really understand the words and characters way better than before. Great course so far. Thank you very much. So there's very poor pronunciation uh, training out there. Uh, uh, And if there is any good pronunciation training, it's usually not that good. It's usually uh, very boring or very expensive or both. Um, and that's why, even though we were really excited about making the Mandarin Blueprint Method, we really wanted to teach the characters and the memory palaces and the words and the grammar, and all, because that's the more exciting thing for us. I, I, you know, I knew we had to teach the pronunciation mastery first, and it's actually a really fun little course. It's uh, six hours, well, eight hours if you include the two hours of bonus footage that me and Phil uh, put in there together. Um, and we go through every single sound, and we teach the the absolute bare minimum that you need to know to pronounce and understand like a native speaker you know so uh, not like just drilling you over and over again we tell you exactly where to put your tongue and where not to put your tongue and how to produce breath and stuff like that um so yeah i run that one i i i did the most of the the shooting for that one um, and Phil's does these sort of motivational sort of wrap ups uh, in the chapters, and helps me help with all the bonus uh, footage like study skills and motivation and stuff. Anyway, it's a cool little course. It's it comes free with the Mandarin Blueprint Method, so any monthly or annual subscription. But you can also purchase it now uh, for twenty bucks, so nineteen ninety nine, just via the website. You can find it there from the homepage. So um, even if you're advanced, it's still very useful. Uh, it helps you fix a lot of bad habits. And people like, uh, sorry, oh, Roger, sorry, uh, people like Roger, you, you, there's lots of stories like that, people that have studied for quite a while, and then they take the pronunciation course, and they're like, oh, <laughs> that's why every time I said this word, everyone looked at me weird, or oh, you know, and they, they understand where they went wrong, and then they can actually start working on fixing it. Um, okay, so speaking of the pronunciation course, this is actually a comment from Chris Murray on one of the pronunciation lessons, so let's have a look what he has to say. Uh again I should read these in advance. Uh <laughs> or at least read them more carefully. He says fair play for turning romantic humiliation into a teaching moment. You're welcome, Chris. Yeah, so I, if I remember correctly, I was talking about uh 不用, 不用, as in like you know, people say like uh uh 谢谢, you know, and you say boyung like they say thank you and you say 不用, no need for thanks. Or they just say bull and I remember I, I talked about a story of when I was on the subway and I went up to this uh very attractive young lady and I said, Can I have your phone number? in pretty rubbish Chinese. And she just looked at me with a smile and just went, xie <laughs> si. She says, No need, thank you. Uh, and then just left. <laughs> just got up and left. Um and uh, Chris appreciated that. I'm sure that helped him, you know, my pain, romantic humiliation and pain helped him acquire that word and remember it more effectively. So for me, that's worth the sacrifice. Um, Thomas Lancer on, it's a word for xiang, xiang, which means fragrant. He, he said, Thomas says, does xiang have a good connotation? Absolutely, only good. Um, in the second sentence, he, it may he it may be, he literally translated this to a ta- the table of food smells fragrant. So is this is implied that xiang means smells good. Could it be used to describe a terrible fragrant smell? Well, actually, no, because fragrant, as far as I'm aware, I don't like to say confidently on this sort of stuff, but uh, fragrant is itself is a, it's a good word, right? you don't say, oh, that, that stuff on that floor smells really fragrant. You don't, it's, fragrant is always good, as far as I'm aware. So xiang is fragrant, which means always, always, always good, nice smelling. Alright, so that's about it for the messages and emails we've had this week, so let's jump in, as usual, into the movies. Now, I haven't looked at these in advance this time, uh, because there wasn't a huge number this week, so I've just got, um, I think I've got about 10 or so here. I'm just going to run through them, and I'm going to make any tweaks or corrections, quote unquote. Uh, I don't really like to say corrections, because there's not a particular one correct way to do things with these. It's just that I'm very experienced with this method and Phil's very experienced with it. And we've, we've seen a lot of, we've taught this for many, 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 many hours, like face to face with many test groups. And um, there's certain things that just work better overall from what we've seen. But just cause I say that something works or doesn't work or could like be changed, it doesn't mean that it's, it's not like your, the way you've done it is wrong. I'm just doing it for the benefit of others listening. So just as a general rule, a general thing. But to the people that actually write these and take the time to share them with us, it's very likely that the the, court, the specific scene is absolutely fine, even if I do make a correction to it, okay? Correction. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't want you to think that, uh, that we're being too uh, dogmatic with how to make these. All right, so the first one we've got here is from George, Laura. I think that's how you pronounce it. And he says, and this is for make a movie for Yun Yun, which is a weird one to say uh, just by itself, Yun, uh, which means cloud. Uh, and he says Janus or Janus rather, uh, the double-faced Roman god, is called into the kitchen of my E N location. So there's the initial Pinion, the, the J U, and the E N uh, pronunciation final. Uh, uh, the Weasley twins. Harry Potter, so that would be the number two at the top, if you can see that, um, are starting to perform magic in a muggle environment. That's strictly forbidden. Yanis sets up his biggest nose, Obviously, you've got a nose at the bottom, hides himself in a big cloud and terrifies the twins by suddenly appearing in front of them. They instantly stop with the nonsense. Straightforward, simple, uses all the techniques, uh, not techniques, sorry, uses all the props, um, the actors are all doing something, the uh, the, the the actor and the, the twins and everything's interacting and it's, it's very straightforward. I like it. Nothing I would change about that whatsoever. Um, there's always ways you can make uh, things more exciting and add more details and, and add more what I like to call, add more color to it, but uh, you don't need to do that, especially once you get more advanced. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really good. Next one here is from Della. This is for the character xin, which uh, could mean letter, but can also mean uh, believe. Um, So, she says, my sister Sharon is in her backyard with the rock, so he would be the left side component, which which represents man, so we just say, choose a manly man, and she went with the rock. And a librarian, that would be the yen component on the left, on the right, sorry, Uh, which, yeah, that makes sense, because that's that particular component is also a character that means speech uh, so that's somewhat related to librarian isn't it Sharon is behind a pulpit and uh the rock and the librarian are sitting politely in the chairs in front of the pulpit Sharon is giving an emotional hell and brimstone sermon and and ends by asking do you believe do you believe raise your hands <laughs> like a doing sort of like a uh what do you call those people the um evangelical evangelical christian right uh those like really charismatic priests um raise your hands to the heavens if you believe the rock <laughs> the rock and the librarian have been completely convinced and raise their hands while they fa- fall to their knees and pray we believe we believe that's fantastic that's, i don't know why that made me laugh i don't mean any offense to i'm not making fun of religion or anything like that it's just it's just a very just imagining the rock there um It's really, really funny uh, and really good, and very memorable. Yeah, I really like that one. Well done, Della. Uh, The next one here is from Al, (laughs) and Al's uh, really uh, making progress, and he's he's getting really excited about being able to read and write. Uh, He sent us uh, a couple of emails recently, just showing us that he can write by hand a sentence in Chinese, uh, which is really nice. Um, Just to be able to do that without copying or anything like that, just From memory, just be able to write an entire sentence in Chinese after only a couple of months. I think it's a couple of months. Maybe it's a bit longer than that, Al, but uh, still, really good. Uh, I'm starting to use a bit of hanzi in the script, as in Chinese characters, as shown in the example below. Let's see how this works. Walter White thinks the position of the flying saucer that sits on the ground near Chuck Norris reminds him of his Heisenberg hat. In any case, pian so, so he wants to take a picture, well, it says she, but he is what you mean. So he asked Chuck Norris to get into position behind the saucer so he can snap the photo. Baby steps, but always moving forward at every opportunity. I hope to use Hanzi as much as possible in future movies. Uh, we'll need to work on making it a habit. So I see what you mean there. Yeah. I uh yeah, that's to to recognize the idea of Wei. So Wei is the character. The the movie itself is really good. If you want to add in uh characters, I so do you mean using Chinese characters as just like a sort of shoehorning in some actual Chinese there so you can practice writing and and, and speaking at the same time and like like recognizing Chinese characters. Um I I like that idea. I'd certainly like that idea. I'm not I'm not sure I fully understand it actually uh, after looking at that but I, I I'm not saying that you know, therefore it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying I can't quite visualize because I haven't quite seen it. Maybe you could send us an email about what you mean. Um but uh yeah, if you can if you can use these movies as an example of sort of uh uh practicing Chinese characters at the same time other Chinese characters at the same time, pff, sounds like a great idea to me. I just not quite, quite 100% grasp what you mean, but uh, the, the movie itself is really good. Next, we have Natalia Kovalenko. on will make a movie for ban, which means class. Oh, uh, it, it, well, one of the things is, is class. It could also mean uh, a work shift as well, like shang ban means to go to work, to start work. Um, so, location, a.n. The A N location. Actors Brad Pitt, that's the B. And the props are two chess kings and a vegetable peeler in the middle. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Brad Pitt, having miserably failed in his Hollywood career, now makes a living peeling vegetables. Before his work I love the I love the backstory there. That's great. You can him really miserable peeling vegetables. Although getting out of Hollywood sounds like a great idea um (laughs) it's probably make you happier uh before his work shift he stops by his friend andy's location uh yeah he stops by the location's house uh they sit outside and play chess they play for so long that now the only pieces left on, on the board are two kings suddenly brad looks at the time and realizes his work shift has already started he takes out his vegetable peeler and starts peeling the potatoes he's bought with him <laughs> that's great so i can that that would be a great opportunity um to add in like a for me uh like to signify the work shift i mean just looking at the time is enough or looking at your watch i suppose but like that, the idea of a work bell or like a, that 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 sort of whistle you know the whistle like the factory whistle from like flintstones and stuff like that so um just just to just to make that a bit clearer he hears the whistle go and he's like oh it starts peeling his potatoes that's hilarious thanks natalia So uh, the next one here is from Dennis. Uh, He says, uh, sort of the movie uh, lay, as in tired. That's one of the meanings, Uh, the main meaning, I would say. Uh, He says, I have Leonardo DiCaprio, Craig from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Craig? Who's Craig? I must have missed that one. Uh, And Tyrion Lannister pulling a large cell. Oh, a cell, right. Yeah, as in like a a cell, like a, a body cell. Uh, trying to get it for themselves and being exhausted and sitting on the floor. Yeah, again, really simple. I mean, it's quite a a visual keyword, like tired. Just to show someone tired is fairly straightforward. So whenever you can, like when you've got a relatively quick keyword, like easy visualized keyword, make it as simple and quick as possible. Get it memorized. Move on to the next one, you know, and save your energy for the tough characters. Uh, So that's yeah. Perfect story uh, and, you know, gets the point across really well. Oh, we've got another one from Della here. It says It's for T, uh, which means to send, as in a post, a package. Um, my niece Jessica is in the backyard of my childhood home with Jesus, who is very lost. He is trying to make his way back to heaven, but is unsure how to go about that. Jesus decides that mailing him back is the best solution. She places him in a box, puts a lid on it, Tapes it shut and addresses it to heaven. I can imagine it just floating up as well. That's really nice. Yeah, that's that's, that's great. Hang on a second. Make sure. Yeah. I I'm not. I'm I'm missing. It looks like I'm missing the. Uh, I can't see the T component. But I'm sure you've got all the components in there. The props. But I'm just. Oh, the lid, in the box. Yeah. It looks like you've got everything there. So that's, yeah, it's a really simple. Again, I love simple. Uh, simple scene um I'm mailing Jesus to heaven. It's lovely. J A on make a movie for 是, as in a matter. Uh, you know, know,我有事, i got I got a thing to do. We actually spoke about an example of that uh, today. 因为为了我的事 uh, What did they say? 为了我的事,他吃不下饭 oh, I can't even speak. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, okay, so J for this character, which I would say is pretty, pretty abstract, right? It's fairly challenging. This might be the one that you need to think a little bit more about. Let's see how he handles it. Sean Connery. Sean Connery is in the appropriate set room, minding his own business, quietly sorting things out in his filing cabinet, um, and he also shows you the, uh, the the props as he goes through. So the filing cabinet is the top, uh, middle prop, bottom prop rather. Um, uh, Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors is the coal and uh, barges in and attacks him with a syringe, which has been duct taped to the end of a hockey stick, nice, um, to increase range. <laughs> uh, the attack fails, however, as what is, whatever is in the syringe turns Sean into The Thing from Fantastic Four. Sean Thing roars, it's in time, it's in time, and chases after Audrey 2. <laughs> the scene would work without it but syringe doesn't have a hook at the bottom so I added the hockey stick even though technically it violates the no more than three props rule again that's fine like I you know that's our rule that we apply to ourselves to make it life easier for you guys and three is just like a nice number uh, and we base that on the amount of slots of working memory which apparently is four uh, is it four or fives? So working memory is in short-term memory. That you specifically use for figuring out a problem and making a movie in your mind counts as that. So, if you've got like three props, and you've also got an actor and a set, and you're trying to make them all communicate with each other, and it, it, it can be it's pushing the limits of your working memory already. Um, so, three is like well, a maximum that we try to stick to. That's the only reason why we do that. It's just based on. Basic memory research, you know, it's not to say that therefore you can never have four. In fact, there are, uh, we we did, I posted this to the community a while back. We have a handful in in the entire uh, expansion, like so the entire, all of the characters that we cover, the 1,530 characters, I believe there's like 15 in total or maybe between 10 and 15 that have more than four. And it's just unavoidable. It's just the way the, way the characters are structured, uh, the fact that these props are only used a couple of times and, and it's not worth chunking together. So there's, there's a bunch of, uh, there's just a handful of characters that use like, I think one, the, the most, I think is like seven, six, no, six props uh, in one. Uh, but that's very rare. Uh, and we make a special guided scene for those. All right. So that is the end of the podcast. We've got no more emails or comments left. Uh, and no more lovely movies, so please keep those coming in, um, and if you've got any questions about the course, or if you're not on the course, you're just curious, you want some advice about Chinese learning, or you want to ask what we do, or anything like that, just contact us at contact at uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you all in a couple of weeks' time. Bye-bye.